Warning! This program will contain massive spoilers and profanity for absolutely everything we discuss. Consider yourself warned. everybody, and welcome back to Chilling Amongst the Mangoes, the stickiest review show on the internet. I'm CJ Welker. I'm Gage Topolsky, and it is a kind of dreary, rainy day here that's got me a little bit sleepy. But luckily, I brought a little something um, from he home. Bu- he brought Kid Crack. <laughs> it's fun dip. I, kid Crack. Yeah, yeah. When I was a kid, obviously, my parents never let me would never let me eat this, but uh, they went out of town for a couple of days. I like to think that they still just don't let you have what you want to have. No, that's the thing. They brought this to me. Oh, God. (laughs) That's scary. Yeah, so give me a second to wake the fuck up here. Oh. Mm. Would you like to describe what you just witnessed? Hell. (laughs) I witnessed hell. Ugh. You're supposed to, you know, dip fun dip. Yeah, but that's messy and gets everywhere. You poured it into your mouth! Yeah. Jesus Christ. I don't even know what I could do with this. This is an audio medium. <laughs> I just, I, I can't with you right now. <laughs> I can't. Um, this is also a rare occasion because I'm not drinking alcohol for this episode. Really? Not drinking alcohol. I don't need it. I love this movie. Uh, we're... This week, we are getting back into Transformers after a brief uh, uh, stint with National Treasure Mm -hmm. for Transformers Dark of the Moon. Yeah. Directed by Michael Bay. No, I'm not calling him that this time. Yeah, no, because it's... He fixed... he, He didn't go full Bay for, like, the bad ways. Yeah, he went... He went full bay for the action, but that was about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, this... I liked this. See? Yeah. I liked see? some of it. Do, do you see now why I said that no matter what, uh, Rise of the Beasts could only be third? Okay. Okay, I see. It's because Bumblebee is obviously the best. Mm-hmm. Dark of the Moon is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Rise of the Beast is a close second or a close uh runner up to Dark of the Moon. Why? Okay. Yeah. Um so there is one thing uh, very obviously missing from this movie and that's Megan Fox. Um and in true Michael Bay fashion, uh who he is known to be extraordinarily intense with directing. Uh but as established in this podcast, he's also a racist sexist rat bastard. Uh now, because of the way Hollywood works, um, where everyone who ha- has to at least pretend to be on good terms with everyone else in the industry, very little gets brought up to the media in terms of major disagreements between parties. However, in an interview talking about the this film for Wonderland magazine, Megan Fox said in, well, in response to a question about Michael Bay... Uh, he quote he wants to be like Hitler on his on set and he is, uh, so mm-hmm. he's a nightmare to work for. 
This yeah. comment. This is 2009. This comment didn't typically didn't bother Bay. And I mean, this was a period in time where if someone disagreed with you on mm-hmm. the internet, they were literally Hitler. Yeah. So Bay brushed it off. However, uh, Steven Spielberg, producer for mm-hmm. this, was understandably horrified at this comment. Yeah. Uh, and demanded Bay to fire her. So she was axed. Yeah. Uh, Naturally, the exodus of a major character in this movie would mean a thorough script rewrite, but that's too much work, so they just used the search replace function to replace her name with Carly, and added a few throwaway lines of dialogue about the last, quote-unquote, last girl. Yeah. Um, Well, not much about Bay and Fox's work relationship has been made public. It's clear that by her inclusion in both Michael Bay Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as April O'Neil that they have patched. Um, well, he was a producer in that. He didn't oh, he direct. was? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, who directed that? Not Bay. It certainly felt like a Bay direction. Eh. It felt a little bit more cohesive than most Bay films. Yeah. I only saw the first one. I didn't bother with the second. But she was good in that. She was fine. Mm. Um... Yeah, so that was the that was the Megan Fox uh, debacle. Jonathan Lieb Liebesman. Oh, okay. I recognize that name. Yeah, he did uh Wrath of the Titans. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not Clash of the Titans. No. Wrath of the Titans. Yeah, it's yeah, okay. Hmm. Wrath Ra- had more problems in writing than directing. <laughs> yeah. Um Oh, uh, I totally forgot about this. Um, so a while ago, with one of the Transformers movies, we mm-hmm. talked about um, Avatar Two. Yeah, and I realized that in that in that episode, I said that it was animated on twos. After realize after seeing some clips, I realized that it wasn't animated on twos. They just forgot to put the motion blur into yeah. Avatar Two, and that's why everything looks a little bit too hyper realistic. It didn't work. Fuck you, James Cameron. Yeah. Uh, do you want to get... So, anyway, yeah. uh, directed by Michael Bay, starring Shia LaBeouf as Sam, Josh Dumel as Lennox, John Turturro as Simmons, uh, Tyrese Gibson as Epps, uh, Rosie, Rosie Huntington-Whiteley as not a character, uh, <laughs> except for one scene, uh, Patrick Dempsey as what if Elon Musk was hot? Yeah. <laughs> and just slightly more competent. Yeah, yeah. Well, the people around him were competent. Yeah. He he put on the facade of being the competent one a couple of times, but we never see him being competent. I, I liked that he, his character felt like he didn't want to be in the situation, but was yeah. truly believed that he was stuck in it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Like, ah, all right, might as well just be King of the Ashes then. Yeah. Best case scenario for me. <laughs> um. Uh, John Malkovich, uh, also as Bruce Brazos, and Francis McDormand as Charlotte Meering. Yeah, they were in this movie. Yeah. I have comments about their characters. We'll get to it. <laughs> yes, we will. Um, also, uh, for Transformers, uh, we have Peter Cullen as Optimus Prime, uh, same truck as uh, before. Uh, Hugo Weaving as Megatron. Uh, who transforms into a rusty uh, 10-wheeler 2011 Mack Granite M915 LHRT tank truck that has been Mad Maxed to shit. <laughs> I love it. 
This is Hobotron. It's a bit much. This is Hobotron. I get it, but it's a bit much. Is it a bit much? What bothered me was he was still he still had that silver gray appearance when he was in his like humanoid mode. No, it's like a rusty, dirty brown. Okay. Okay. He also worries. Trust me, this has been a major argument for fans uh, based (laughs) on uh, like the figures that have been put out of Hobotron, uh, of Dark of the Moon Megatron. Of what color is he supposed to be? Is he supposed to be rusty? Is he supposed to be corroded? Is he supposed to be so? (laughs) The general consensus is a blend of all of it. He's just beat up and disheveled. Okay. I just tripped into a major. uh, Yes, you did. The only the only debates that get extremely heated in the uh, Transformers community, other than Bay vs. G1, mm-hmm. because that's just been a fucking thing, yeah. uh, is what color is this character supposed to be? <laughs> and how big is this character supposed to be next to this character? Because oh. it never lines up. Does not matter the continuity. Does not matter if it's G1, Beast Wars, mm. Bayverse, IDW comics. Does not matter. Scale is meaningless. <laughs> No, there. He's actually just far away. Yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> far away. Dutch angle, ground up. It's like, like you have to actually just be like, all right, fine. The way that the way that I care about it, do, are the vehicle modes in scale with each other? If yes, then fine. If no, then no. Okay. I didn't think that we'd be tripping on this much Transformers discourse this early in the... <laughs> well, here's the thing. I gotta get it out up top, because there's not a lot of Transformers discourse when it comes to this mo- okay. this movie. This is a pretty tight ship. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, uh, do we still um, have more? Yes, I still have more. Uh, Leonard Nimoy as Sentinel Prime. Love him. Oh, my God. Uh... He transforms into a red and black Rosenbauer Panther fire truck. Uh, oh, Nimoy vo- voiced Galvatron in the 86 Transformers? Oh. Huh. I didn't know that. That's neat. Uh, Jess Harnell as Ironhide, uh, black 2009 GMC Topkick C4500. Charlie Adler as Starscream, Lockheed Martin F-22 Raptor. Robert Foxworth as Ratchet. Uh... White and Green 2009 Search and Rescue Hummer H2 Ambulance. Uh, James Remar as Sideswipe. Silver 2011 uh, Chevy Corvette Stingray Convertible Concept. Mm -hmm. Uh, Francesco Quinn as Dino. Okay, so this was supposed to be Mirage. Okay. Okay, but But Ferrari was just like, oh, no, you're using a Ferrari? Yeah, his name's Dino now. Thank you. Why? Because it's Ferrari and they... Okay. Marketing. Weird. For some reason. It, he was supposed to be Mirage. Okay. But he's also nothing like the character of Mirage, so it's yes. Dino. Okay. He's perfectly... I'm perfectly fine with that. Just and That's just an OC here. Okay. That's just an original character. Got it. It's his own thing. So I do like the design. Uh, transforms into a t- red 2011 Ferrari 458 Italia. Uh, let me see. Uh... George Coe as Q. Who? This was supposed to be Wheeljack. Uh, this was the first time they fucked over Wheeljack, <laughs> and then it just got worse when they turned him into Pablo. Okay. Yeah. Um. Hmm. What? Uh. What? Who? The voice actor for Q. Who? What else has he done? Because it did. Sa- did sound. 
Wait, I recognize he him. He died in 2015. Yeah, no, I recognize him. He did a bunch uh, of... Kramer vs. Kramer. Okay. He was Jim O'Connor. Okay. Uh, let me see. It looks like he has quite a few TV roles. Okay. I don't recognize uh, most of his movies. Okay. Oh, he was in um, uh, Star Trek Next Generation. Uh, What's the episode called? Uh, First Contact. Oh, the movie. Chancellor I- Durkin oh. in 1991. Huh. Like, I've definitely seen him yeah. in many things, and I recognize the voice, but I was just so confused by the character. Yeah. He was born in Queens. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. But anyway, this was the first time that they fucked over Wheeljack. Yeah, they... Okay, well, I mean, Wheeljack... I mean, arguably, you could say that he wasn't fucked over here because he didn't even make an appearance. Q? No, Wheeljack. You said that this was supposed to be Wheeljack. Yeah, and they just renamed him again. Okay. They renamed him because, oh, hey, Bond reference. Yeah. But, no, like... In all of the actual, like, like marketing and everything, this was Wheeljack. Oh, They just changed his name because they uh, felt okay. like it. Huh. Weird. Yeah. I don't like his design. No, me neither. It's awful. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, he looks like uh, high-tech Geppetto. Oh, my God. That's... Yeah. No, I was going to... I had the whole description of, like, uh, worse, like, an over-designed... Albert Einstein. Yeah. But high tech Geppetto <laughs> describes it a lot better. What if Geppetto was a robo thought? And had like five glasses that yeah. zoomed in and out. Um anyway, he turns into a blue 2009 Mercedes Benz E5500. Um Tom, Tom Kenny is back as just Wheelie. Yay. Uh the radio controlled monster truck. Reno Wilson is back as just brains. Why? Why did they have two robots that looked vaguely like Albert Einstein? It's a good question. Okay. One of them's monkey monkey Einstein and a pervert. Yeah. Yeah. Weirdly he out of him and Wheelie, Brains is the one to survive into the next movie. Really? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. He had nothing uh, going for him. No, he okay. didn't. He turned into a laptop once and then humped a computer with a uh uh <sighs> USB stick. Ew. You the know. USB stick was in his arm, but he was like... Just continue so we can get to the actual fucking movie. Uh, Frank Welker as Shockwave and Soundwave. Uh, Soundwave transforms, uh, Shockwave does not. Okay. Um, Soundwave turns into a silver 2011 Mercedes-Benz SLS AMG. Which you have a model of over there. Yep. Love that car. Um, let me see. There's a few others. Uh, Ron Batilla... But Batita as Roadbuster, uh, one of the wreckers who transforms into. Okay, so there is just Southerner wet dream cars here. It's NASCAR with assault weapons, like just strapped to them. They made sure to include the ads on the sides too. Yeah. <laughs> well, the I- the idea is that they they landed there like. This sport's cool. Just scanned the cars, and then we're like, but we need more weapons because th- we're the wreckers. Mm. And then just did that. They they function as extra uh, allies. Yeah. Yeah. I love the designs, though, because I grew up watching NASCAR. Okay. I don't care about... I haven't cared about it in years, but I still just think it's dope okay. uh, just having NASCAR Transformers. Uh, 
But anyway, there's uh, that. Uh, John DiMaggio uh, voices Leadfoot, who transforms into another one of the uh, uh, NASCARs, Mm -hmm. NASCAR cars. Um, None of the wreckers were given names. They were just colloquially referred to as the wreckers. Yep. Uh, And I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name. Keith Sarabajka? Butchered that. Uh, As Laserbeak, who is... A dragon bird. Yeah. I kind of like Laserbeak. I love Laserbeak. Other than turning into a flamboyant, kid-sized bumblebee, I like Laserbeak. Yeah, that was a little weird. <laughs> yeah. I like. I mean, I, that was a creepy thing to do. I mean, it was very creepy, especially, is your daddy home? Yeah. But <laughs> um, then we have just some non-speaking characters, but I won't get into those. Okay. Give me a second. Uh, there was a very small, I think it was a baby stink bug that I just flicked into your wall. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. It'll grow up and the cats will bat it around the apartment, scared <laughs> to kill it because stink. It was either that or a very slow cricket. Um, <laughs> slow is not usually something that I'd use to describe a cricket. Well, that's why I'm, yeah. All right. Want to dive in? Please. Let's roll out. Uh, the movie Yay. opens. <laughs> I'm so happy you remembered. <laughs> I didn't. The movie opens on Cybertron. I love the design of the planet. Mm-hmm. It's like this honeycomb on top of each other. Yeah. Like going all, seemingly going all the way down. Uh, Optimus talks about another MacGuffin that could have turned the tides of war, but it gets blown, and then it gets blown up. Well, mostly. Um, the, in the lands of lens flares of New Mexico in 1961, that was the only one. That was the only one. It was. It wasn't yeah. that bad. Like, you don't start- have to defend yourself no, to me. I understand. Here's the thing. It started out with a lens flare, and I was ready to begin the count. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're you're sitting there just with a finger up the entire time, like, yeah, really, then- really. That's it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> just two and a half hours later, I'm like, oh, I'm still at one. Huh. Yeah. Um. Anyway, New Mexico, 1961. Scientists scientists at a deep space radio station uh, identify that some mysterious object has just crashed onto the moon. Uh, we get some shots where military guys are talking to President Kennedy, intercut with actual film of Kennedy. I like mm-hmm. when they do this. Yeah. I like it better when they find an actor that kind of looks a little bit more like Kennedy. Yeah. Like, they could just dub over him yeah. with the actual Kennedy voice. I'm going to say Kennedy one more time. Kennedy. Um, turns out that... Uh, the decision to go to the moon was not because it is easy or because it is hard, but because there's aliens up there, uh, and America has to get there before the Russians do. And I don't hate this conspiracy theory as much as I remembered. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's the thing. I remember when we first got in and we were talking about some of the weird conspiracy theories that Bay ended up using in the movie. Yeah. I like this. Like, this one is not that bad. Yeah. It's like, okay, it makes sense. You, If there's alien tech up there, you want to get there before the Russians. Yeah. But at the same time, it's not like it's denying that the moon landing happened, which would have been the real fucked up way to go. Yeah. Hey, we have aliens in this movie, but the moon landing never happened. The big thing I like, too, is that it still gives credit yes. to humanity. Yes. Like, this isn't like... It's not like Transformers came down and brought them up. Yeah. Which or- would have been a way, like... Yeah, or even like that we borrowed, they gave us the technology to right. do it. We did it no. all our own on basically the mem- memory in 
of one one hundredth of an iPod shuffle. Yeah. And the batteries of a uh, modern day electric car. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And it's, I'm still it's still amazing. Um, so in the movie, Walter Conkright explains that the astronauts have reached the dark side of the moon and they are out of contact. But actually, they've gone dark for a little less than half an hour. Uh, to get video evidence of the crashed alien ship. Mm-hmm. And that was the part that confused me, because how would they be able... Like, we see them land. Mm-hmm. Earth is always... The, the moon is... The quote-unquote day side of the moon is always facing Earth. Yeah. Um, how yeah, did they How did they pass that by everybody? Like, Michael don't. Collins was the only one who actually had the opportunity to see the dark side of the moon. Yeah. So this crash didn't land on the dark of the moon. It landed in the Sea of Tranquility. Yeah. Don't ask. <sighs> it's because it's they needed to light the scenes somehow. Okay. So I think they kind of just forgot about that part. Just because we can't see... What? Are you, what? Just because we can't see the other side of the moon doesn't mean it's dark. Oh, my God. <laughs> Is that what it was betting on? That people would think that the dark of the moon was actually dark, and that no sunlight showed there? I think so. Even during it? Oh my god. I think so. Is that? Oh my god. Like, okay, I can see the idiot logic there, Yeah. and I hate it. I think that's what they did. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you're right, they are just in full sunlight. Yeah. On the moon the entire time. Because that's, yeah, because they were, and it was, ugh. None of this, none of, not any, nothing that happens mm-hmm. on the moon happens on the, quote, dark side of the moon. Nope. Okay. Okay. Fine. Whatever. Uh, Buzz and Neil, check it. Everything else in this movie is, is, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. There are issues. I just like bringing them up. <laughs> yeah. Buzz and Neil check out the alien spaceship, brush away some of the dust from the face of one of the Transformers, identify that there are, in fact, giant metal light, uh, life forms out in the universe. They come back home. Or we are treated some more footage of the triumphant return. We get the voiceover of Nixon's phone call mm-hmm. to them, and uh, we see a government agent remove a box labeled Top Secret from inside the capsule. Yep. And say what you will about Nixon, and there's a lot like multiple college courses but he did make a very conscious effort to not take any personal credit or like he he yeah. separated himself from the moon system as much as possible recognizing that it was very much kennedy's ambition and goal and like there's a little i have a little bit of respect for him that yeah everything else kind of cancels it out but still <laughs> it's, it's good to point out the good things in movies and with people <laughs> yeah uh, on the one on the moon, uh, one of the Transformers' eyes glow blue, and we zoom into the title drop. We then cut to present day uh, and the legs and ass of Carly. Not a character. Not a character. I I hasn't. Ca- I wanted to call her sexy lamp, but I she's almost a MacGuffin. She's almost the goal for the second act of this yeah. movie. She, anyway, she's the girl. She, she is treated more like an object than a character. Yes. Uh, and, yeah. But she's an object that can be mad. Yeah. It was also 
fairly clear that she got like like this was a uh, model before yeah. she was an actress, and like it's pretty clear that she got like a week's worth of acting classes before she did the movie. Yeah, because like it's all like it's good acting, but it's like. It's, you can see her like going through the process of remembering. Yeah. Okay, do this, do this, do this. Do there's this. no act. There's no acting. Uh, in she sells lines, yes. but there's no like facial acting. Yeah, there's no micro expressions. There's none of that. Yeah, she, it's obvious she's just reciting lines. Yeah, Sam is now dating her and living with her in a kind of rough but nice looking studio apartment in Washington D.C. She gives him a good luck blush. Good luck, bunny plush. Sorry, words got flipped over there. It's fine. Uh, Don't draw attention to it. It's harder to cut out. (laughs) And then exposes some dialogue to fill in the stupid, boring stuff. To fill in all the other stupid, boring stuff that happened at the end of the last movie, Mm -hmm. which was apparently him getting the Medal of Honor, cheating on his girlfriend, and dating a British ambassador. Uh, Yeah. Um, On top of... Uh, I don't think he cheated on... He got the medal. Yeah. Immediately exited. Yeah. And then immediately started flirting with this girl. Yeah. We don't. They could have broken up by that point. It How long be. does it take to get a medal? A fair amount. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> All right. Um. So- I like. I like to think that the entire last movie. It was just like, no, I'm not going to say I love you first. No, I'm not going to say I love you first. They tell each other that they love each other, and it's like, well, now what? Yeah. That was the only thing keeping our our uh, relationship interesting. Yeah, and now she... and Well, that was the thing. Like, the dis- Due to the decision of Michaela leaving Sam, she's yeah. canonically the smartest person in this entire movie series. Yeah. I mean, Tickle she are- already was. Yes. Yeah, but this, this cements yeah. it. Um, oh, and on top of living with his new girlfriend and not having a job, he also has two little mini-bots with him. Wheelie and the... Brains. Brains. I I don't... I don't don't get brains. I don't know. What is the point of brains? I don't know. (sighs) It's a good question. It's foreshadowing with the... where... He's an exposition dump in the fourth movie. Great. That's it. Cool. He literally just shows up. Expo dumps. Doesn't show up again. He here's the thing with brains. Here he has the look of Albert Einstein's hair and eyes, but sounds like a diet version of Uncle Ruckus from Boondocks. I'll pretend to know what that is. Okay, you haven't seen the Boondocks. It's it's a good show. Uh, anyway, Sam goes <laughs> outside and sees his parents in a fucking tour bus. Uh, both of them are wearing matching tra- track sh- track suits. Even in D.C., they managed to bring their suburban limbo with them. Yep. <laughs> God, Lord. Like, what, I, I, what I hate is that it's obvious that Michael Bay was like, oh, no, they're tr- contractually obligated to come back, so oh. I guess we might as well have them back. You could just forgo them in this entire movie and nothing changes. When they pulled, when I saw the vehicle they were in, it reminded me of, I don't, don't know how much Malcolm in the Middle you've seen. Not much. There's one episode where they go to Burning Man. Um, yeah, I'd... and Hal has like he has a packed camper. He rolls out astroturf. He like sets up the American dream, yep. and everyone at the festival is losing their mind over this um <laughs> over this stage performance mm-hmm. of watching this very like middle middle uh 
middle-level white guy yeah. uh, living the American dream and literally yelling at people to get off his lawn. <laughs> at Burning Man? At Burning Man. Well, I mean, there's Jesus a bunch... Christ. It was basically... Uh, everyone interpreted it as... Uh, pro- um, pro- yeah. Yeah. Performative, Performative art. Performative art. God, that was a good episode. That was a good episode. Interesting. I'll have to take a look. Yeah. Um. So... Anyway, that's that's what it reminds me of. Um, so, yeah. uh, Sam goes out, sees his parents. Uh, they are disappointed in him and his life choices. Uh, Bumblebee is gone, and and instead he has a old yellow dachshund. Do- Dotson. Wow. <laughs> wow. Dachshund. <laughs> it's gangrenous. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. Your dachshund is suffering from liver flavor. <laughs> wow. Liver failure. Wait. Well, once you're done, you can eat the liver for its flavor. <laughs> Good lord. That was a lot. Oof. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. Th- there is one line. The one line that the mother has in the th- trilogy mm-hmm. is, no, it reminds me a lot of Bumblebee. If Bumblebee was a sad piece of shit. <laughs> The one good line, the one line that either of the parents had in three movies that I liked. Uh, He can't even get his car to start, so his parents drive him to his interviews. Um, They really go out of their way to be like, nah, Sam's a millennial. Yeah. Hey, look, everybody, Sam's a millennial. (laughs) Yeah. What was the line they said? Oh, he's a millennial. He's... I don't remember. I don't know. Like it was a statement I agreed with. Yeah. But it's not but it's not because he's a millennial it's like that. It's yeah. because just life sucks. Yeah. And we got de- and millennials got dealt a really bad hand. Yeah. Um all right. So, Optimus monologues a little bit. He says that there's energon sensors in the majority of cities to keep an eye out for Decepticons, and now the Autobots assist the humans with keeping the peace. Today, <laughs> that peace is is being kept by attacking a quote this is what it says on the text now middle east illegal nuclear site literally on the screen uh and when the transformers arrive the lead car is disguised as the defense minister's vehicle and on the front where like diplomats put their little flags yeah the iranian little flags are being are upside down Mm -hmm. and it's just like what the fuck so they cut through the gates and then begin their extrajudicial attack on a sovereign nation. Yep. Yay. Uh, good lord, this came out like. Yeah. Why? Why? It wasn't was, even. It, that scene completely, completely remove it. it Nothing th- changes. I thought. It's better. I thought I was ready to see like a whole big battle scene. They just roll in, blow up the place, and leave. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's yeah, bad. It's bad. I don't like the first act of this movie. Yeah. I really don't. Um, the soldier character from the first movie, I don't even remember his and name. And the second, Lennox. Lennox, okay. He Played was, by Josh Dumel. Okay. He was Josh Dumel. That's all. I don't remember his name. You want to know what I... He had a wife and daughter in the first movie. Yeah. They don't show up again. No. That was too much character for him. He's mm. military. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, what's funny, I was watching this movie and like... Shit, he'd make a good Reed Richards. Uh, hmm. I could see the argument for 
for it. I don't necessarily agree. I meant like look what. Like look I can wise. see him as in another ten years. Well, this came out twelve years ago. So what does he look like now? Like that, but grayer. Okay, then then okay, I agree with you. Reed Richards. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> I'm not gonna look it up. Like, yeah. I haven't. So the soldier. Uh, so. He talks to a Ukrainian diplomat who tells him about the possibility of an alien discovery in this far off land called Chernobyl. And we have we've got like so many. Uh, this is so stupid. This is so stupid. I was down for the opening of this movie. Mm-hmm. I was completely down. But now they're acting like Chernobyl is like a different planet. No, they're not. It felt like it was. The name, when he said Chernobyl, there was like a bass drum. There was like a bass drum going boom. Yeah, because yeah. there was a major tragedy that happened there. Okay, the way it also depicts the city of Chernobyl is weird, because deep in the bowels of the un- abandoned elementary school, there appears to be a shutdown power plant. No, they went through the elementary school to like cut through. He said, "We'll we'll cut through the school." The power plant. I don't know, man. <laughs> the way the way it showed that, and then we next time we see them, they're climbing down a ladder. Mm-hmm. I felt like it implied that it's through the school, like they didn't go through through the school out to another building. They went down through the school into this underground bunker. No, I thought they went like through the school out and then went to whatever bunker it was. I don't, I don't know. I, the way it was cut made me feel like yeah. like that. There's pacing issues in the first half of this movie. Yeah. Um, it's stupid. It's so stupid. They, they, um, they're acting like Chernobyl is far more radioactive than it actually is. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, the Ukrainian soldiers are wearing Soviet-era winter jackets. Hmm. Yeah. That, that bugged me. That was just a minor detail. Like, huh, that's stupid. Um, so there appears to be a shutdown nuclear plant and a small Decepticon menacing the Ukrainian official, uh, appears in the shadows. Uh, the Americans find the alien artifact and a box from the Russian space program, and the Energon readings go off the chart as they hear a tremor in the deep and a giant robot worm... Drums. Drums (laughs) drums in the deep. deep. (laughs) (laughs) And, there's a, and a giant robot worm breaks through a wall and begins to attack. It also steals the artifact. Uh, I like this worm. The driller? Yeah, it's like a mechanical Shai Hulud mm-hmm. or, or a worm coil engine from Magic the Gathering. It's just. It's, I'll go with Shai Hulud. It, it actually looks a lot closer to the worm coil engine. I, I'll go with Shai yeah. Hulud. But I know, I really, I really like Not to get you on Dune, but I'd rather <laughs> go with that than Magic. Um. Uh, so, worm coil engine attacks. Uh, Optimus crashes in the, into the bulk of its body and transforms both himself and his trailer, which turns into an arsenal yeah. set up for his weapons. Giant, too, giant ring filled with weaponry. Too bad he do- doesn't really get to use it that much in this movie. Not really, but yeah. I mean, the trailer turns into the ring of weapons, and it turns into his flight suit. Okay. Uh, the one-eyed transformer stands up and shockwave. Ye- shockwave uh, stands up, yells Optimus's name, and then just kind of fucks off. Yep. He takes his worm and goes. Uh, Optimus identifies the Arctic artifact. Oh, uh, did they get the artifact? Yes. Yes, they did. Yeah, he oh, cut yeah. off one of the tentacles that was holding. That's right. Uh, the uh, that basically one of the engine parts yeah. from the ship. 
Yeah. Uh, Optimus gets identified. Uh, Optimus identifies the artifact as an engine part, and the Ukrainian official gets killed by laser beak. Laser beak, uh, which looks like a vulture, and he drools. Why does a robot drool? There's a fair amount of robot drooling in this movie. Because it's creepy? I guess, but why now? There's a little bit more flesh than I was comfortable with um, yeah. in these with these robots. Yeah. I'm not a fan of it. I like it. It's weird. I like it. It's weird. Um, the What was the other thing? I, I like the idea of even, of, like, organic mechanical beings okay but that was this is this is movie three yeah and it hasn't been set up like that no okay okay um so we then cut back to the boring side of this uh sam goes to multiple interviews fails them all uh Um, then goes get uh, basically gets told he's not getting a job because he has a medal from obama and it's an office full of republicans yeah and i'm like i Still don't know what your politics are, yeah. Michael Bay. Well, at- I want I I I I I, I just, I'm just curious at this point. He you know, man. No, my my entire thing is like, oh wow, you're breaking a lot of labor laws by actually not hiring him because he has a medal from Obama. Yeah, yeah. Granted, he wouldn't be happy working there anyway. Probably not. But still, Jesus. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. I it's just weird. He's weird. Yeah. Oh, don't forget about Asian Colonel Sanders. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, I forgot. I was about. I, was I, like, I finished the movie thinking, wow, there wasn't that much. There wasn't any racism in there. And I was like, oh wait, you just reminded me. There, there is one or two. Mm. It's not good, but it's better than the every twenty seconds yeah. in the last movie. But it's still there to it, begin with. It is. Uh, so, uh, he then goes to sit down in front of John Malkovich. Uh, Malkovich was clearly given no direction and just the script, uh, and therefore he is the best. Yep. He is the best in the scene. Um, I don't know if I'm going to give him best, uh, character because he did like stand up performance, stand up no. performance, mainly because of this, a dumb scene he has with Bumblebee. Um, I but, don't know. I thought it was cute. That's dumb. Anyway, he gives uh, Sam the job. Uh, at the Nest Hort has- headquarters in D.C., uh, Francis McDormand as the head of the NSA? CIA? That's yeah, a good question. She walks in while explaining her credentials to somebody on the phone. Yeah. So, like, she shows up and just says do you know who i am like like do you know who i am and then explains exactly who she is and we still don't know what department she's from because the only thing we're ever told is she's the director of intelligence so is that is that cia i don't know directors don't go out into the field that's one of the bigger perks of being the director Director of Intelligence? I, I don't know. That is what she was called in this movie. I, okay. I'm going to bounce. I, in my notes, I have her listed as NSA, CIA, and, a, and like one or other thing. So I'm just going to keep going. I have that. her listed in my head as, oh, the character that scarily reminds me exactly of my high school girlfriend's mother. Huh. No, not huh. Yeah. Uh, okay. I like Francis McDormand. As, no, I do yeah. too. I don't yeah. like this character. Yeah. It reminds me, ex- like, personality exactly my high school girlfriend's mother. Weird. Like, 
horrifying. We are introduced to the new Autobot. His name is Q. I hate his design. I hate I hate that it's supposed to be Wheeljack. Yeah. Uh, and he has the worst bi- overbite you have ever seen in your life. <laughs> <laughs> Optimus Prime is in a bad mood after seeing the uh, One-Eyed Transformer. Okay, I wanted to ask about the One-Eyed Transformer. Okay. Because, so, I've been watching clips on youtube of g1 yeah and like and from that other things have been popping up like from Be- not yeah. from beast wars so much but more the 2d uh, mm-hmm. transformer stuff and i keep getting recommendations and there's one or two that said uh, like talk about how what's his name i keep forgetting his shockwave name. shockwave is like the most dangerous of all of them he does practically nothing in this movie yeah i know is that a disappointment to you yeah okay but i it's a disappointment to me, especially because I think this is the one Decepticon in the first three Bay movies, and I'm like, shit, that's an amazing design. Huh. It has color to it. It does. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, that makes it a little bit better, but yeah, no, they, I mean, they have a history of doing some of my favorite characters dirty. Yeah. The fact that they didn't do Starscream dirty is actually a- Impressive. Like, <laughs> like impressive to me. Yeah. But I just, at this point, I'm just, if it, it's just a bot named Shockwave. It's okay. not Shockwave. Okay. Like, I, there's not a lot of times that I have to fully separate that. This is a great design for a live-action Shockwave. Mm. Too bad he doesn't do anything. Okay. Thank you for clearing that up. Um, so, uh, Vincent McDonald asks her assistant to give her a tape. Oh, uh, Optimus accuses humans on hiding information from them. Uh, CIA give, asks her assistant to give her a tape, which she gives her out of a green handbag, as all of the files that they're ho- that she's holding are be- kept in different expensive handbags. I wonder who paid for that. <laughs> so stupid. And then, holy shit, it's Man on the Moon, former Senator Buzz Aldrin. Yeah! Like, I knew he was in this movie, but seeing him just strut out into the hangar surrounded by bodyguards yeah. was like, oh, wow! My One of my favorite parts of this movie is just the idea of Buzz Aldrin saying hi to Optimus Prime. Yeah. It just makes me happy. He also, like, he, as a person, just looks thrilled to be there. Yeah. Like, like I don't know how, how much, like, stuff practical stuff he had to work on yeah act off of. they probably had but, a couple like floating balls yeah but he for looked, optimus's eyes but he looks like he is excited kid to be in the here. candy shop yeah he's meeting an alien for the first well, yeah a living alien yeah it's it's just it's very cute it is it's adorable but again just the idea of buzz all like optimus is pissed off mm-hmm. buzz aldrin walks in and then optimus is just like Oh shit. The honor is mine. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. like yeah, I love you, Optimus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I, I perk up at this part of the movie because yeah. it's just like, it's so nice. It's yeah, cute. It and, is. Yeah. And also, Buzz Aldrin is just fantastic. He's a good actor. Here. Yeah. Because he's, he's doing the, he's, he, he's, <laughs> He's doing the thing where, like, he's trying to be serious, but he's also just like, oh, my God, they're giant robots. And yeah. he portrays that really well. And even when Optimus asks a question that no one knows the answers to, he looks fascinating and concerned at the same time. And, like, yeah. I was shocked by how good he was in this. Did too. you check the crash vault? The what? Oh, that yeah. was uh, yeah. Ironhide. Oh, that was Ironhide. That yeah. Said that. I hate the fact that Ironhide is given stuff to do in this movie and then is immediately murked. <laughs> Like, like, and I, I do want to talk about it when we get there, because I, over the past week or so, I've, 
watched the mo- this movie in its entirety twice. Mm-hmm. This morning I woke up at six o'clock and watched the last hour of this movie three times. Oh my God. And over this past week, I've also been skimming through, because I read some of the novelizations uh, when I was younger, mm-hmm. but I'm skimming through the uh, novelization for Dark of the Moon. Mm-hmm. Well, it is not... It's weird. I feel like different chapters were written by different people because oh. it goes from moments where it's like, holy shit, the writing in this is exquisite. Huh. Like, like there's just moments where I'm like, the writing here is amazing. And then there's moments like, damn, dude, you need an editor. Okay. Really? So I'm wondering if it was just an editing, like an editor fuck up yeah or if it was just like multiple different people hmm. like too many hands in the pot yeah which for a novelization of a movie is also very sense. possible yeah, written by committee but one thing that i love in that book is getting the uh the internal monologue of not just optimus hmm. but of sentinel and uh what i understand that book was written before the yes. finalization of the movie yes okay there are some changes okay and they ended up changing the movie because of the uh of uh some of the parts in the novelization being leaked oh oh that's a bad time i like the changes okay in the movie better i okay. feel like it's more it, i i was I'll, I'll we'll talk about yeah, it later I, just, I could go either way but i think i like the movie version a little bit more okay um, so they're informed that the Soviets sent a couple of unmanned missions to the moon to collect pieces, and they found the engine, uh, which apparently was the cause of the nuclear disaster at Chernobyl. Whatever. Uh, at least, uh, I mean, an alien engine part that they kind of insinuate was like... <laughs> Cybertronian fuel injector, mm-hmm. and then you... I I can see how that could turn into a disaster. Yeah, but why would they keep it at a satellite I don't, location? I don't, Soviet, I, don't, yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Gage. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Uh, Optimus. Opt- I have half half answers here. Okay. Okay. Uh, Optimus asks about the crash fault uh, with the technology and the captain, and they plan to fly to the moon to rescue this technology. Sam goes to visit his girlfriend at her job as the assistant coordinator for... Oh, sorry. Hiccup. There's a lot of sugar I ate. Um, Yeah! (laughs) Yeah, Gage! Um, Assistant coordinator for a major uh, classic car collection uh, owned by a financial firm CEO. Uh, he meets her boss and immediately feels inadequate. Inequ- I mean, it is Dr. McDreamy. Yeah, upon seeing how hot he is. Uh, I mean, to be fair, uh, short stack Shia LaBeouf, mm-hmm. Patrick Dempsey. Yeah. I would feel threatened, too. Yeah. If I looked and acted like that, and then here's... What if... What if Elon Musk was hot and had charisma? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Scary thought. Yeah. Um, And Hot had charisma, was 20 years younger, and had a mother who didn't mind if he he, uh, fought people uh, in a... (laughs) I can't believe! Oh, that's my favorite... One of my favorite things in modern history is Elon Elon Musk's mom saying no. Yeah. 
I, I just love the fact that so much of our our history from like the sixty from the sixties onward was mm-hmm. the fear of the rich. Uh, like I mean, it was it was actually happening, but they condensed yeah. it into a story of the of rich people forcing poor people to fight to the death. Yeah. And here we actually had an opportunity to see the rich fighting each other. Yeah, and we were we were denied that. Yep. Honestly, is Elon's mother more of a villain than he is? Have you? She's a. We talked about this. She's a James Bond villain yeah, she is. all of all of the drinks in her pa- all of the drinks in her bar are poisoned and she's immune to all of them <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i don't think we had that conversation while recording i think oh, that was didn't? full i think okay. that was fully off air but yeah we she is a james bond villain. <laughs> yeah like a 1960s uh just like uh fuck you and then kill you sort of thing anyway um I forget where I was. Right. Uh, Sam, Sam visits his girlfriend, meets the boss. Uh, he sees how good friends they are. Sam, sh- uh, he, The boss shows Sam a car and points out all the details and curves. But the camera only lingers on Carly, and the scene is more egregious and worse than Michaela checking out the engine, the engine in the first movie. Yeah. Speaking of Michaela. And honestly, I thought the checking out the engine in the first one was hotter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's just standing there. Yep. Meant to evo- uh, evoke the image of the ideal woman. Like, this girl is bulimic. <laughs> <laughs> so, Patrick, Dr. McDreamy, she's not eating. <laughs> so, in this movie, you can see the original overall character arcs that were being written for Michaela and Sam. Yeah. Uh, Michaela starts out with next to nothing, but thanks to hard work ingenuity mm-hmm. and focusing on one particular goal she goes from car mechanic to curator of classic yes. cars yes and this contrasts with sam's arc of being lucky enough to be in the right place at the right time uh getting more than once more than once uh getting to go to co- uh, an ivy league school uh paid completely by being lucky in the right time uh, well, to be fair, the Autobots were looking for him specifically oh, because right. of who his great grandfather was. Yeah, so it, it wasn't necessarily luck, but I, I digress. Yeah, um, and then oh yeah, and then being told by uh, space gods that you it, it's your destiny to yes. die and come back to life to insert the thing into your friend <laughs> into your friend that's literally twenty eight times your size. Yeah, and taking and then getting a diploma to go to an j- office job that you hate. And in terms of ideology that goes beyond giant good robots fight giant bad robots, this is pretty solid shit. Yeah. It's pretty clear that it's showing that one of these ways of getting ahead in life is better and more personally fulfilling than the other one. Yes. But that disappears and gets just falls to dust like a Thanos snap uh, because Michaela's not here and she's just been replaced yeah. by this girl. Yeah. And I hate that. Yeah, me too. And I like it, I could see. And here's and- the thing too. Transformers has always been full of okay, maybe the plot's not the greatest, maybe there's some issues. And I'm not even just saying Bavers, like G1, mm. Beast like yeah, there's issues here. The different ideologies at play mm-hmm. through almost every single continuity except Bavers for mm-hmm. the most part is like everything's an allegory for something else. Right. This could have been cool. Yeah. This could have been... Wasn't. Subtle. This could have been, like... Also, it would have been so much more fulfilling to see Megan Fox 
as uh, Michaela. That was her name. Yeah. Uh, Michaela calling Megatron a bitch at the end of the movie. Yeah. Like three movies later, and you're just like, you do realize you're just Sentinel's bitch, right? Like it, she watched him almost kill like multiple people, and she's like talking yeah. down to him. Like, okay. And, yeah. My like, I watched you almost kill an entire city a few years back, but then my boyfriend killed you, mm. and he came back to life. Then I watched you get shot in the face by Optimus, who you had killed, who came back to life. And now I'm just not. Sc- and now half of your head's missing. You wear a cloak all the time because you're hideous. Yeah. You're obviously not in charge anymore. Why should I be afraid of you? And like him having that wake up call. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. No, that would have been so much more satisfying. And it also makes so- would make so much more sense why Megatron would then go and tell Optimus, "We need a truce." Yeah. We'll get to that. That part is stupid. I disagree. We'll get to that. Um, so, yeah. Uh, anyway, after they leave her work, Sam throws a little temple t- temper tra- tantrum. His car won't start. So he gets out and kicks the engine. Like, he opens up the front. And but he k- kicks the engine but block. But it's... He's not kicking the engine block, necessarily. I mean, maybe. But the thing is, it's framed so that you only see the top half of him and you can't see what his leg's doing. So it looks like he's just fucking the front of the it car. It does look, it looks so stupid. Carly's boss comes out, tells him that, um, hey, you're not going to get it working like that. Uh, also, I'm actually on the board of the company that you got a job at. So I'm going to make sure that you're taken well, taken care of. Uh, and he also tells him that he's a very lucky man to have Carly. Yep. And I was like, oh, okay. I'm le- I'm more endeared to this character. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, I think his entire arc through the movie was pretty good. Yeah. No, I love Patrick Dempsey yeah. in this. <clears throat> uh, we now escape the- from this melodrama to go to the moon. The Transformers and a few NASA robots land at Tranquility Landing Site and go explore the wrecked ship. Uh, they rescue Sentinel and uh, recover, f- what was it, five Five, Five of the pillars. pillars. Including the control pillar. Yep. Uh, and somewhere on the plains of Africa, a Mad at Max ass-looking truck, truck pulls up in front of some elephants and then transforms into Megatron wearing a cloak. I and- just love that it's, uh, like, Megatron pulling up in between just, like, shots taken from National Geographic. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. no continuity. Those, those elephants and the giraffes just looking at him, and then he transforms, and they just look away. I do like the idea of Megatron, of Megatron transforming in front of a bunch of elephants, and then the elephants just raising their trunks. <sighs> All hell, Megatron. Why does he have a cloak? Because he's hideous. I like... Okay, I like the cloak. The cloak, to me, makes that design better. Here's the thing. I don't dislike the cloak. I'm just confused. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's, that's where I'm at. (laughs) So he walks up. He literally just has a fucking yurt. Basically. Megatron has a goddamn yurt. Little rundown scrapyard (laughs) of a camp uh, uh, that the Decepticons are holding. There's a green head of a Decepticon walking around looking like Modoc, but more convincing than Quantumania. Uh, that's Igor. Really? Yeah. Okay. What Did he appear any time before? Did his nope. head get cut off? Well, his head is actually loosely based on the head of one of the Constructicons, uh, Long Haul. Okay. But like an amalgamation of it, kind of. So it, yes, technically the asset was reused and heavily modified. Hmm. But no, as a character, no. 
It's weird. Yeah, it uh, just shows up. It just shows up and does nothing. Yeah. It's like it's freaky. Yeah. Uh freaky little head. Um so Megatron feeds a bunch of baby transformers metal <laughs> shavings, I think. Hatchlings. Hatchlings. Was he just feeding them metal shavings? What the fuck I don't is know. that? I've never seen any um I mean Transformer hat I mean hatchlings need energon to survive and grow. Okay. I don't know if he was sprinkling them with energon flakes. The tie-in cereal for the movie, which was not a thing, but honestly could have been. It's cancer delicious. <laughs> made with made in 100% lead vats. <laughs> but you won't get poisoned. <sighs> please sign please sign the waiver before consumption. In purchase on the box, in purchasing this product, you assume all <laughs> responsibility for what may happen to you, your family, and potentially your pets. <laughs> Store in a well in a well refrigerated lead container. <laughs> uh, okay. Do, uh, please do not use milk with this product. Use only water from lead pipes. <laughs> okay. Okay. We have to stop because we will we will fully create this fucking cereal if we continue. I think we already did. I think we did too. Uh. So. Uh. He, by the it, way, it definitely tastes like raisin bran without the raisin. <laughs> Starscream comes flying in and offers his sympathies. Uh, Soundwave is here too. I like him. He has laser beak, uh, which it's not my favorite design of the movie, but it's definitely my top three. Laser beak, laser beak. Yeah, I like laser beak. I do too. He's not. There's a couple little yeah. notes I have, but yeah. that's getting way too pedantic. Soundwave is actually pretty close to my top. I really like Soundwave. I love just the speakers on his arms. Yeah. That just makes me happy. But also just, it's a cohesive design for a Decepticon. Yeah. That doesn't, it looks a little overcomplicated, mm -hmm. but you can still see where everything is. And Yeah. The only thing I have I have to say about the design that I don't like is from an animation standpoint, mm. because where the wheels sit, uh, like on his shoulders, but like sitting back a little bit, yeah. they, if you look carefully, they do clip quite uh, a bit. Okay, I can imagine that. Like, not the wheels themselves, but like the wheel, like, wells around them, like, huh. it, there's a bit of clipping with the shoulders and that, but okay. very minor and it's very hard to see. Back in high school, uh, I had this movie downloaded onto my iPod touch at that point. And God, that made me feel old. Um, <laughs> and literally probably cause we had like, what was it? Four day schedules. Mm. So it was like every four days you went back to repeat the four day because uh -huh. the sk different schedule each day for four days. And then you repeat. Yeah. So on whatever one of the days was, once a week, sometimes twice a week during study hall, I just watched this entire movie because we had like <laughs> close to two hour hmm. periods. Hmm. So I just watched the majority of this movie. Cool. I'd usually start it around this point mm -hmm. and then just continue on. Neat. Um. So uh, Laserbeak goes and kills their human collaborators. No loose ends. I kind of like this montage. Scorched Earth policy. Yeah, I like this montage. Yeah. He just goes around, he finds people who beg for their lives, and then he kills them. Yeah. He goes up to this little girl, turns into a pink little... Um, a child-sized pink bumblebee. Yeah. 
uh, and then has is a your tea- daddy home? Has a tea party with the little I can't girl. do that voice. That voice is just too. Is your daddy home? It's, yeah. No, okay. It, that that was closer. It was closer. I mean, it's pretty good yeah. for a voice that was very clearly heavily uh, audio edited. Yeah. Um, he just kills everyone. It's good. It's clever. Yeah. I like it. See, that's the thing. This movie has some clever fucking shit in it. Yeah. For a, especially for a Bay movie. Mm. This movie has, and I don't necessarily want to call them plot twists, because mm. it's not Shyamalan level <laughs> or anything like that, but it does have twists yeah. to the plot. Some of You can see most of them coming, Yeah, but still, like, yeah. it's not just a linear plot. Like, shit happens, and then there's parts that are reactionary. Right. And that's weird for a Bay movie. Uh, act two starts up as uh, Sam starts his new job as Goo Goo Dolls plays a song which reminds me of a better song that they did for Treasure Planet. I don't... I, this song's fine. I like the Treasure Planet one better. Uh, Sam does his job delivering mail to people in the aerospace decision. Aerospace division. Sorry. Yeah, the aerospace decision. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I I was trying to join you in that, and I just, I didn't find anything. Okay. I reached out, and I couldn't grasp it. Okay. I'm sorry. It's fine. I have failed you. It's fine. Okay, so I have mixed opinions about Ken Jeong. In general or in the movie? In general. Okay. And that folds into the movie. So his go-to character is a completely insane person. Which can work if the director knows how to rein him in. Mm-hmm. I saw this great interview with Dan Harmon talking about working with him on Community, and basically he said, "I after he figured out what this guy's deal was, he was able to write for the character mm-hmm. uh, and then draw back his Does, crazy." Is a Ken bit. Jeong the one that has the doc? Like, is a he's doctor, an actual doctor? Yeah, and then was just like, "Now nah, fuck that." <laughs> Uh, I think he's still a practicing doctor, too. Oh, hmm, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, like... I mean, I... Here's the thing. I like Ken Jeong a lot. I like him as a person. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, as a person. Which is why when I said in general, I kind of meant, like, yeah. as a person and everything as a whole. I like Ken Jeong. I like him as a person. I also... When it is a competent director, I love him. Yes. Yeah. No, I mean... <laughs> Say what you will about the Hangover movies. No, he, was, he was fucking amazing. Yeah. And... That's and that's kind of where it was. Like, yeah, those two uh, two directors found a good middle ground where they were able to get him to do what they wanted him to yeah. do, while also letting him do the crazy right. shit. So also, once Ken Jeong is introduced, once his character of uh, Jerry Wang mm-hmm. is introduced, this is where my uh, where the book starts coming into play for me. The okay. novelization. There's not. A lot that it adds. There's a couple of scenes. There's some internal monologues. There's a couple of one-liners that the book adds on top of the dialogue that actually kind of make it funnier to me. Huh. Like, but it's not, like, necessarily Bay funnier. It's just, like, a little bit more, like, oh, yes, the character, like, Sam is actually aware that this guy is batshit insane okay and isn't just like free like instead of like freaking out like he does he more so is just like well i guess this is happening okay i don't know it's weird it's weird the thing i the problem i have with this movie is 
that this is Michael Bay directing. Yeah. So who's already is insane. Yeah. So what? Ha- so the thing with insanity is it doesn't add up. It's no. multiplicative. Multiplicative. It just feeds upon itself. Exponential. Yes. Yeah. Um, and this is Ken Jeong at 180% crazy, and it's a little too much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he... I am okay with it, though. Okay. This is a dude who we literally see being tortured by Laserbeak. Yeah. I don't mind it so okay. much. Like, he's extremely paranoid. Yeah. Yeah, he's he probably has, cracked out. he has out. every right to yeah, be paranoid. Yeah, he's probably cracked out a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the one who gives Sam the evidence of, look at all these other people that the Decepticons, uh, that helped the Decepticons without saying it. Yeah. Who are now dead. Yeah. Like, I, you're the only person who can do the math for me, so here you go. I'm not, I don't, I think his character in the narrative yes. is good, but his character oh, it's over. itself. It's, it's a little bit too much for just being thrown at you for a couple scenes. and then, Yeah. It's a data dump. Yeah. yeah. I don't even know about data dump. It's overstimulating. Yes. Yeah. So, um, he stalks Sam a little bit. Uh, Sam's girlfriend shows up, uh, talks about the car she was given. They get into an argument of money. I don't care about their relationship. Nope. Uh, there's a awkward scene. Sam says the one logical thing he's ever said, which is, this is a $200,000 car. We should sell this and buy a house. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. You're a, you actually used a brain for once. <laughs> Thank you. The two brain cells bumped uh, bumped (laughs) against each other. I will say, like, the second half of this movie is actually my favorite that Sam has been for the entire trilogy. He has one... I'll get to it when we get to it. He has one line that I really like in this. Um, So, she leaves. uh, There's an awkward scene with Jerry and Sam in the elevator. He lightly assaults him, uh, accuses him of hanging out with aliens, Steals his jacket, and they fight their way into the bathroom. I hate this. Uh, he starts talking like a crazy person, takes his pants off, tells him that aliens, his alien friends are in da- danger. Um, he start, he's, uh, uh, references deep throat. Yeah, but he's, I'm, I'm deep wang. And yeah, like, and then okay. he says deep wang. In the book, Sam just fully stops and goes, you're a porn star? <laughs> like okay. that's what I was like. Yeah, just this little thing where like Sam just fully gets out of the moment to just be like, okay. Uh, huh. <laughs> I don't think you know how that sounds, buddy. John Malkovich walks in. There's a gay joke because they're both in the bathroom stalls together, uh, and then Ken Chong just stares down John Malkovich. That was funny. Yeah, uh, that, that was funny. When Chan- two <laughs> extremely intense actors, yeah, just staring each other. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Sam goes to talk to Jerry in his office, trying to get a little bit more information. Jerry has his hand bound to this computer mouse by many robots, and is playing it off like it's nothing. Playing it off like it's hemorrhoids. Yeah, oh, that's right. Because it's Uh, Michael Bay. Yeah, because butts are funny. Um, Laserbeak, uh, then transforms from the TV, uh, and explains to Jerry that while he's very grateful for him sabotaging the satellites to leave a blind spot, uh, he has I I must now suicide you. So out the window goes Jerry. My superiors want me to suicide you. That was pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, he, he was more throaty than that. A and little that's, bit. I, that's hard. Like See, that was about as throaty as <laughs> a voice that you can. Well, do. I know it's funny. That wasn't throat. That was sinus. Really. Uh. 
one thing about being a uh, a metal vocalist mm. is that you learn that you can do a lot more with your sinuses, with resonating your sinuses, huh. than you can by closing and opening your throat. Interesting. That's so cool. most of my voices, most of the resonance is right here. Huh. Like right, well, you know where your soft palate is in your mouth? Yeah, yeah. Right there. Oh, like okay. Right above that is where you're getting the resonance. Huh. I need you to show me how to do that at some point. I feel like it's going to be an, an ongoing thing project. Uh, let's focus on this movie. So, uh, John Malkovich is all business. Uh, he does speak briefly. He's just like, hey, everyone. I'm, tra- I'm trying to think about how I would even teach that. Huh. Oh, yeah, there it is. Okay. Did you, did you- kind of. Yeah. Can we blow, fo- blow, <laughs> blow a snot rocket and fully close your throat. Okay, I feel it. I'm a little bit... Okay, we'll figure this out later. <laughs> figure this out later. This is bad radio. Yep. <laughs> so, um, John Malkovich is all business. He talks about, hey, let's clear out some evidence of Jerry. Uh, I don't know why. Um, well, more so, collect his personal thing. Like, oh, yeah. Like, come on. Yeah, this is sad. A coworker died, but, like, get legal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's fully in, like, PR mode. Yes. He, or, uh, yeah, in... Uh, Damage control mode. Yeah, he does. Switch. He goes full like boss. Like, yeah, I uh, I do like that he switches out of that for just a second to briefly whisper talk to Sam about, yeah. um, <laughs> hey, hey, what you do is, uh, it's, uh, yeah, what you do in the bathroom. That's your thing. I just want to make sure that, uh, like, kind of like Jer- sh- Jerry is everywhere. He's on the. He's in the bistro. He's on the veranda. I hope you're okay. Like, just yeah. like, hey, like, no, you clearly had some kind of relationship <laughs> with him. I'm just preparing like, you. He is everywhere. <laughs> so, um, I will say, I do love the brief little shot we get of Jerry falling past the window and just, Jesus, the guy <laughs> in the chair just like freaking the fuck yeah. out. <laughs> um, as this conversation is happening, the new copy machine turns into laser beak, which tears up the office and moves to attack Stam- Sam as stealth is t- evidently out the window. See, just like Sam, just like Jerry. I would. <laughs> Thank you. Mm. I appreciate that a lot. I would have loved to have to have had a Dark of the Moon video game. Well, you got to play this scene as Laserbeak. Oh, just, and like, do, uh, a, just a, a fucking vision? Metal Gear oh. as a Transformer. So instead of a cardboard box, you turn into a printer. <laughs> and like, would that not be the that dopest shit? Fun. Yeah. But no, it was he rolled a nat one on his stealth check. <laughs> yeah. Somebody tried to use the copier, and then he was like, "Well, that's out the window. <laughs> time, uh, time to kill the hu- the one human that I wasn't told to, but I'm pretty sure would be okay." Yeah. Uh, Sam, ha- I think Megatron would be okay with this. Sam has somehow escapes. Uh, so he goes to the Nest headquarter building, uh, yells about needing to talk to Optimus, and then yells even louder as they uh, slightly damage his car. Just it's it's a Shia LaBeouf bluff random screaming. It's so childish. Uh, he's. I don't like his yell. Here's it's the thing. It's either screechy or whiny. All right. Here's the thing. In universe, it's been about three or three, four years since a Decepticon sighting. Okay. All of a sudden, one just shows up in his new office, kills, uh, I guess, a higher up at the company, and then goes to attack him. I'd be 
pretty fucking freaked out too. Here's the thing, though. He's screaming at a reasonable yes. yell- level when he's talking about the thing, but it isn't only until the security guys yeah. damage lightly damage yeah. his car that he does. Do that. not hit my car! It's a collector's item. Oh my god! Like how how does his brain not explode from the pressure inside? Um, so security <laughs> Shia LaBeouf is going to have an aneurysm by the time he's fifty. He's weirdly chilled out. Since doing these movies. I don't like it. Yeah. and Chill Shia LaBeouf scares me more than jacked up Shia LaBeouf. Chill Shia LaBeouf is just- (laughs) Do you want to take that again? Yeah. Chill Shia LaBeouf is just like a lazy uh, performance artist on top of it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, uh, Sam yells for Bumblebee, uh, and then Bumblebee comes over- Tells the officers to stand down. Sam then yells at Bumblebee for not hanging out enough. Uh, Bumblebee speaks here and for here a little bit, but not with the radio. And fun fact: that's Ben Schwartz. Really? Yeah. Uh, he did some. He did some of the uh, writing and lines. He did the audio tapes mm-hmm. for Bumblebee, and then they were. Planning, I can see that they were planning to edit it later in with radio music, mm-hmm. but they couldn't find the exact word, so they just left his voice in during the scene. Yeah. It's just whirring and yeah. whirring and stuff. I love that yeah. in this movie, too. But, it, like, that Bumblebee trying to talk, you can kind of almost understand what he's trying to say, but yeah. he doesn't have a voice, so. But it was Ben Schwartz yeah. basically spacing the words out in an awkward thing so they could edit in the, uh, the yeah. audio later, but they just didn't. Uh, and they left his voice in. Um, cool. Autobox, uh, Autobots back from the moon. Um, the weird pillars are locked away for safekeeping. Uh, head of the CIA lady talks to Sam and is overall an asshole. People are just kind of, a lot of the people in this movie are just kind of mean to each other. Yeah, a little bit. It's, it, it's not as bad as the last one. No. But it, it, it's still just meanness for mean's sake. Yeah. It's, Again, it's middle school humor. Yeah. People being mean is funny. Yeah. Optimus pulls the matrix of leadership out of his chest cavity and stabs uh, Sentinel Prime with it. Sentinel wakes up, hops immediately to life, and pulls a knife on Optimus. Optimus ensures that Sentinel- That's not a knife! This is a knife! Uh, ensures that this is a safe place and he's among allies. These allies uh, immediately after learning that the pillars can be opened to create a portal through space and time uh, immediately decide uh, oh, that's a weapon! That's a weapon! You're making a weapon! We don't like that! I mean, it's a very American thing to do. Yeah, it's just like, hey, we figured out a good way to travel through space and time. That's a weapon! And Optim- because she's even like you're talking about a teleportation device, right? Optimus is like, yes, for supplies, refugees, or weapons of mass destruction. And it's just like, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah, you definitely work for the government. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a Bush era representative. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Senior? Or... I don't know. One um, of them. Yeah. Uh, ju- no, Junior, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Senior had senior ran the war for oil. Junior ran something. He ran part two, (laughs) Gulf War part two. Um, So Gulf War part two, electric boogaloo. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, So Sam now has to argue with the CIA head that he is valuable to the government and to the Autobots, but she doesn't agree for this entitled little shit. 
Uh, also, I don't understand her quirk. The character quirk of this woman is she hates being called ma'am. Yep. She is a woman in a high position of power in the government and military. It is military procedure to address commissioned officers uh, as sir or ma'am given self-identified gen- gender. What it? Th- that got pulled away recently. Uh, I don't know what they're doing now. What if, don't, 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 what, what if she was non-binary? That's what. That's why I got pulled away recently. But back then, yeah. back during this, no. But I'm saying, like, yeah. what if this character was non-binary? I don't know. But I don't know. It just yeah. it's stupid. Anyway, it's stupid. It's a yeah. control thing. It's a control. Yeah, I guess. But like, that's. But she's not. She's not being talked down to by a minimum wage grocery clerk. This is no. the way you address a high-ranking person. Yeah. Again, it's a power trip. Ugh. Like. She is high ranking, mm-hmm. and she wants to make sure everybody knows it by making them uncomfortable. Okay. It's fully a psychology I, tactic. It, it doesn't feel that way. It feels like she is actually genuinely annoyed when people call her that. Honestly, I think, in my opinion, it's a psychological thing. Okay, I, I, I think it's a bad writing thing. But I mean, it can uh, be both. <laughs> Sam, uh, she tells Sam he's not a soldier; he's a messenger. Get the hell out. Uh, in the book, she has one last little burn. Mm. Just, you're a messenger. You've always been a messenger. Thank you for delivering the mail. Mm. It's like, oh, loop back to his. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Bumblebee comes home with Sam and hangs out in the living room. Sam sulks. We then cut to Fox News and Bill O'Reilly, where John Turturro is on his book tour for his book, Codename Hero, the story about one man who worked with uh, aliens to save the world. In this scene, John Turturro's character makes Bill O'Reilly seem sane. Yeah. Uh, the interview is over, and as Alan Tudyk, playing a German stereotype, infirms John Turturro uh, what Wiki has been trying to call him. Uh, he can he Witwicky easily convinces Totoro to come and join him on another alien adventure. There's Conspiracy st- theories, Dark Side of the Moon. There's another suit oh, up now oh. montage. On the plains of Africa, I guess I don't know why Optimus offers the leadership, uh, the Matrix of Leadership, to Sentinel, who declines it, saying that he knows very little of this world and you'll make a better prime. In the book, they went to like northern Canada. Okay. And we're just in the wilderness up in northern Canada for some reason. That's still stupid. Yeah. Why? All right. So the general idea was Optimus was taking Sentinel around to like, hey, this is our new home. Uh, okay. Like, like, I know it's not Cybertron. It sucks. Hmm. But this is what we're working with now. Okay. Okay. I could see that. Yeah. Wish it was heavily more. Wish it was better implied. Yeah. Also, they can't like fly. Also, neither of them can fly, so it would have taken hours. Yeah. Whatever. It's Four fine. Days. Uh, Totoro. It's and- fine. There's not really a like, uh, necessary or implied time frame for okay. th- this part of the movie. Yeah. Uh, Totoro and Tudyk uh, have set up their base at Sam's apartment. John Malkovich drops by to give them the paperwork that he has on Jerry. Uh, he hangs out and to marvel at Bumblebee and then challenges him to a fist fight. Yeah. And that's how he takes down from best performance. Uh, Totoro makes the observation that, and I did like this because it wasn't something that the movie had like, it mm-hmm. made Totoro's character seem competent. 
because yeah. the rest of the movie is constantly telling you things that other people uh, have to figure out. Uh, but Totoro here makes the observation that everything that the Decepticons have been doing doesn't feel like they're trying to go after something. It feels like they're trying to cover it up. Yeah. Uh, Malkovich leaves. Sam's girlfriend comes back to her apartment and finds it ap- that absolutely everything in it has been taken over by robots and pinboards with string yep. uh, leading to each other. Uh, we She gets ready for her boss's party, accuses Sam of wanting to go into dangerous situations. Her brother dies as a soldier. This is just a throwaway line uh, to give her, like, some semblance of a personality. Doesn't work. Nope. Uh, and she doesn't want to go through that again. Sam tells her that he he just wants to matter, and then he doesn't go to the party with her, and she leaves. Uh, during their sleuthing, they found that there was a secret manned mission to the moon by the Soviets, uh, and cos- and the cosmonauts survived and are... Uh, it was a scrapped mission. Oh, a scrapped mission. That's yes. right. It was a scrap- So they were going to go, it got scrapped, uh, and uh, that's why they wanted to go talk to them. Okay, got it. Um, those guys are currently hiding in the States. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's implied that the uh, the mission was scrapped because of the Decepticons getting to Dylan Gould's father okay. and being like, make it too expensive for anyone to ever go back to the moon. Okay. Okay. Huh. Uh, so they find these cosmonauts and follow them to high security bar. And here's the best fucking line in the movie. Because <laughs> <laughs> I actually broke into laughter when t- uh, you do Totoro, I'll do the guy. That means goodbye. And then immediately closes the door on him. <laughs> just, it's he just, just turns around and looks at There's a look at them like, what? <laughs> it's, the, it's like a big metal door. It has yeah. like a little window slot. He op- he knocks on the door. The guy goes, that means goodbye. And yeah. closes it's it. So and it's good. Just, and it, <laughs> like, it's so good. Like, there are, there's some, this movie has no right to end up being as good as it is. Yeah, there's like there's like a it's lot it's a little pieces that I yeah. absolutely love. And, like there's a, there's some bullshit that you do have to get through to get to it, but all yeah. in all this movie turns in turns into a cohesive and well-done film. Yeah. It, with uh, we'll get I'll, I'll voice my opinions later. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But yeah, uh, I I do agree t- with you for the most part. Uh, he knocks again, gives the bouncer a hundred, and is let in. Uh, there's a brief accusatory co- conversation with the cosmonauts, the barkeep, uh, and the cosmonauts' girlfriend pull guns. Dutch goes all John Wick. I still have to see the fourth movie. I haven't seen any of them. Oh, that's right, because he can't... Dead dog. It's only in the first movie. I don't care. Okay. Um... He does. Uh, he doesn't kill anyone. And after he's talked down from t- by Totoro, he apologizes, saying that that was the old me. Uh, the cosmonauts show photos they got from Luna Four, indicating that someone had dragged around a number of the pillars uh, on the surface of the moon. The Autobots only have five, but it appears to be over a hundred in this one picture. Uh, Sam calls the director of CIA to tell her that there's, this has been a long-term plan of the Decepticons. Decepticons have all the pillars, but they need Optimus to revive Sentinel Prime mm-hmm. in order to carry out the plan. Because Sentinel's the only one who can use the uh, pillars. Right. Uh, would you mind if I read you an ex- excerpt from the Dark of the Moon novel? Go for it. So, there's a scene that's in the book that's not in the movie 
at all, mm. which is when Sam goes to find and get Sentinel to come back to Nest headquarters. Okay. The Camaro hung a right and headed toward an elementary school, or more specifically, the schoolyard. Since it was a Saturday, naturally it was empty. Then, to his surprise, B drove over the curbside and into the yard itself. He was moving around the school uh, toward where Sam assumed the play area was. B, Sam said nervously, we're not supposed to be doing that. They generally like it if you keep off the grass and park, so this, you, you know, not cool, and B rolled to a stop. He did not, however, back up. Instead, he turned off the engine and the driver's side door opened. Taking the hint, Sam climbed out of the car and looked around, unsure of what he was supposed to be looking at. Yes, there was a playground nearby, with swings and a seesaw, a jungle gym, and a fire engine? Not just any fire engine. The words Port of Portland were emblazoned on the side, and below that, Airport Fire Rescue. It could not have looked any more out of place. You're kidding, Sam said. Slowly, Sam walked towards it, watching it carefully, and called out, Sentinel? Sentinel Prime? An instant later, he heard the now-familiar sounds that signaled the changing of an auto-bot form from one into another. Hundreds of metal plates snapped around, and within seconds, the fire engine was now standing in front of Sam, looking down at him. Hope I didn't wake you. We don't sleep, said Sentinel Prime. I can't do a Leonard Nimoy I, accent. I know, I know. It's so, it's so or important. impression. It's, it's so gravelly that... Yeah. Yet relaxed. Yeah. Uh, right. Should have remembered that. Hi, I'm uh, Sam Witwicky. I was there when Optimus resurrected you. I'm a friend of his. He never mentioned you to me. That hurt. However, er, however, Sentinel continued diplomatically. He has a good deal on his mind. So you and this fine soldier have sought me out. He gestured toward Bumblebee, who promptly changed into his robotic form, but remained on bended knee. Unsure of the protocol, Sam went to one knee as well. Oh, stand up, Sentinel said with a touch of impatience. The both of you. I appreciate the shows of respect, but I do not require constant ob- obesi- obesience? obeisance obeisance from the Autobots. That's a word. I know. It's a, har- it's a weird word when you see it written out. Mm. Uh, and you, human, are so tiny that I can scarcely see you down there when you're upright, much less kneeling. So please, on your feet. Both of them did as they were bidden. Sam said, I uh, kind of figured Optimus would be with you, actually. I desired the opportunity to experience humanity on my own. And you did it here? As good a place as any, he said, unconsciously reflecting Sam's own thoughts on the matter. Small humans climb upon me and frolic. Adults stand near, watching over them. It is curious. What is? I've been monitoring your various broadcasts. And there are constant reports of, uh, fractiousness among your people. Divides along racial lines, philosophical boundaries. Yet children of all races, creeds, and colors cavort upon me, pretending to be firefighters with no recognition of the differences between them. Meanwhile, the adults, also of various ethnicities, engage in casual and friendly conversation and immediately discourage any fights or discord between the children. I have therefore concluded that for your civilization to reach its true potential, what your planet requires is more playgrounds. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's ideology. Yeah. And it's too much for this movie, I think. 
that would have been a weird scene to include uh, at the point of the movie that it happens. Yeah. So I'm fine with it being cut out, but at the same time, I love, I love the added shit that we get from Sentinel. Yeah. Because Sentinel is a standout in this Mm -hmm. movie. Like there's I, want, always I, I just want to hear Leonard Nimoy read that. I know. Yeah. Uh, I I tried like all day yesterday trying to get a Nimoy impression down, and I just no, I gave up. It's a hard. I voice. gave up and just decided to do generic. It's a hard voice to do, man. I just decided to change my voice enough to sim to know when Sentinel was speaking and when <laughs> Sam. I. But yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's good. More playgrounds. That's cute. Um. So after he call, so after Sam calls uh, CAA, NSA, whatever, uh, PTA, uh, <laughs> he, uh, the convoy of transformers. She does look like she's going to a parent yeah. conference. A convoy of uh, transformers, as well as the main humans, get attacked by three Decepticons. Uh, these are the Dreads. Cool. Totoro uh, gets yeeted out of his car. Yes, uh, I just they all turn into 2011. Uh, Chevy Suburbans mm. in black with police lights, and they are lifted with bigger rims and tires. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them turns into a quadruped uh, named Hatchet. Uh, one of them turns into a hunched humanoid with dreads that are down, like, about his body length and a half, give or take. Yeah. Uh, his name is Crowbar. And then there is one that has... There's one that honestly just looks like the Predator. It does. It and, does. And that is Crankcase. Okay. As a movie viewer, you do not know this. No. Yeah. I'm adding things. <laughs> okay. I'm complaining about the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So there's a piece, honestly, pretty decent high-speed chase slash mm-hmm. fight of all the Autobots doing everything they can to protect uh and to protect themselves and keep moving as fast as possible. Yeah. One point Bumblebee almost crashes and launches Sam out of the car and there's an okayish slow motion scene where he catches Sam, puts yeah. him back into the Transformers. Well, as Sam is screaming the entire time. Yeah. The the shot would have been way better if Sam was lit from the proper direction. Yes. Yeah, he was way overlit. He was overlit, but the light was also coming from the wrong angle. Yeah. Also, on top of this, the joke did, the joke of him screaming doesn't land. No, it doesn't. There's no, there's no, like, he's just like, he stops screaming and they're like, okay, let's go. Yeah. He could have, like, a one-liner of like, oh, fine. Like, yeah. that would have been funny. Yeah. But it, 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 like, it's so painfully obvious. It is. When a joke doesn't land. As, that's disappointing. Um, so, they make it back to Nest Headquarters, Ironhide and Sidewinder, Side Swipe, Side Swipe. Sidewinder would be a good one. Mm. Uh, face-off against the two Decepticons who... Crowbar and Crankcase. They look like monster aliens, and they They don't even speak English. No. And I was going back and forth on this, and I kind of like that. Yeah. Like, why would they need to be speaking English? Yeah. They're against this world. Yeah, I love... I love the design for the dreads too. I, know- I honestly, I love the design of most of the mo- guys in this movie. Yeah, they realize they found other something- other than they do have some generic, just proto form looking ones. Yeah, that- but they're they're background characters. Yes, exactly, and they get murked immediately. Yeah, so uh, they have a face off against the two alien looking guys. 
Uh, and Ironhide dispatches them easily. Yeah, they go down real fast. Like they talk more about the Mexican standoff than yeah. the actual fight. Also, they ble- bleed red now. Yeah. Why do they bleed? Uh, fluid. Hydraulics. I could see that, but I, I've, I'm not too familiar with hydraulic fluid. Is it the color of your red shirt? That's a could f- be transmission <laughs> fluid can be okay. Okay, I don't know. I'm it's, fine with it. I a, it I to I me just it want add- some, I just want some consistency. Yeah, because when uh because at nest headquarters when Sentinel decides now is the best time to betray everyone, he shouts he shoots Ironhide through the chest and kills him with a rust plasma cannon. Was that what that? Yes. Okay, it just looked like another cannon. It looks like another cannon, but if you see what's happening to Ironhide, it corrodes him immediately, and he just he dissolves into rust. Yes. So the gun just does that. Yeah, it's a spe- it's a special in the book. That's not a good answer, CJ. It you can <laughs> it can be established while watching. Oh, that cannon rusts out things because it's not. What, yes, yes. No, it's it the first time we a, see it happen, he, and he doesn't do it again. Yes, he does. No, he doesn't. In this, like, he continuously fires this cannon out. It yes. hits things, and they dissolve into rust. I did not think I'd be fighting you on this. I thought it was just him dying for some in some weird way. Why was the? I never equated the gun. Yeah, to it was a rust run. gun. That's so stupid. I don't think it is. If it was I think it's a I think it's an extremely effective way to take out other combatants in this for these Okay. Why don't we see it again? Why didn't we see it before? Why didn't he talk about it? Why didn't we have any indication because this is what the gun did? Because you can see it. It's a gun! Show don't tell! It's another gun! The gun itself looks like every other gun. Yeah, and when he shoots somebody with it, they turn into rust. When he he shoots the gun at Ironhide, you see Ironhide immediately start to rust. Mm-hmm. When he shoots it later at Bumblebee, and Bumblebee does a backflip over a uh, barbed wire fence, and it hits a, uh, like, I don't know, there was a big metal box there for some reason. You see it just corrodes and melts and rusts. Like, it's okay. show, don't tell. Okay, You don't need to tell because... In the scene, it's established, oh, that's what this gun does. It's not established. It is. No, it isn't. Very easily. You see what it does when it shoots something. Okay. But you. But all the guns look exactly the same. Not necessarily. I mean, that gun had a very specific design. Okay. But I also, don't... you can use a different kind of ammunition. Okay. I'm, okay. <laughs> this is very clearly a hot topic button for you, and I'm sorry I pressed it. Like, it, I, it just doesn't read that way to me. Well, here's the thing. If they had explained it, then you'd be co- ex- uh, complaining that they explained something. They, I don't need them to explain it. I just need him to shoot an, an enemy and have them rust clearly before. Why does it need to happen before? Because all of the guns have been exactly the same up to this point. Why should I suddenly? Why should this gun sh- suddenly be special? And why shouldn't I? Well, there there has to be a point where it's used the first time and this is it. Okay. All right, fine, fine. <laughs> I don't it. understand why you're so upset about this. I think it's stupid. I doesn't. It doesn't make sense. All this time, so far, Sentinel we've... hadn't been in a fight yet. He had no reason to be in a fight yet. Okay, fine. You're right. We good? Yeah. All right. I'm fine. I think it's stupid because it doesn't set itself up. 
Anyway. It doesn't need to set itself up. It's supposed to be jarring. Okay. It's supposed to be jarring like, oh shit. All right. For me, it was jarring in the, oh, what? Sort of way. Because all the other deaths have been exactly the same with fluid and blood mm-hmm. and kind of gooey. Um, and then all of a sudden, we go back to the metal framework rusting. Yeah. And it felt different from what was pre-established. It, it's supposed to feel different. Okay. Uh, it's supposed to feel different because this is Ironhide. We've been with him for the first two movies. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden, now he's having this, honestly, existentially terrifying way to die for a metal being. Okay. Like, it it adds to the shock and horror of the situation. Okay. I was more confused than shocked okay. and horrified. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, well, so you know no- what I just realized? Mm. I did read the book before the movie came out. Okay. So that might explain. Okay. Got it. I remember, I was actually, when I first read this scene, which, mm. by the way, is so much better in the book. I can imagine. Um, and I, I do want to talk about the book version of this real quick. Uh, but before I do that, when I was reading the book, when I read this scene for the first time, I think it was my, God, this is making me feel way older than I am. Mm -hmm. Actually, no, it's making me feel exactly as old as I am. My final exams in eighth grade, we were, I finished Mm -hmm. one of my exams Mm -hmm. and we were all just in the gymnasium and we were allowed to bring books or something for if we finished early. Yeah. Because we weren't allowed to leave yet. Right. So I'm just sitting there and I'm reading this book because I'm like, cool, the movie comes out in like two months. Mm. I'm super excited for it. And I read and Ironhide as a kid and still kind of is my favorite design and favorite character for the first like mm-hmm. first three movies of Autobot. I fucking love Ironhide. Mm. And I read it and I audibly gasped in the gymnasium while reading it. And it echoed. <laughs> and I was shushed by like four different teachers. <laughs> That feels like a very you yeah, thing to do. Because I'm reading it, I'm reading it, like, you could hear a pin drop in this place, and I go, <gasps> <laughs> Oh, you're... <laughs> I, I didn't finish the book after that. I was so sad that oh, Ironhide died, God. I didn't finish the book until after I saw the movie. <laughs> so I'm like, I, I literally, I gasped, I got shushed, and then I started crying because Ironhide was dead. Oh my god. Like, I'm like, I just put the book down and put my head on the desk. I'm like, I hope the movie doesn't do this. <laughs> oh, wow. Also, the way the book describes in vivid detail Ironhide getting rusted out and dying mm-hmm. is so much worse. Okay. Because in the movie, he's shot, like, in the back and it comes out his chest. Yeah. In the book, he shot in the side of the head, oh, so he gets okay. his head starts dissolving and he gets disoriented and he's like, like swinging, like trying to get his bearings and can't. Oh, weird! So much, so much worse. Creepy. And then in the book, the racist twins from Revenge of the Fallen come in. Skids sacrifices himself so that Bumblebee doesn't get hit. Okay, and then. Mudflap gets so, like, literally just primal barbarian rage, just jumps on Sentinel and just starts pounding on him. And Sentinel even was like, hmm, 
Seems even the most grotesque of Optimus's band of rebels has decided uh, that he wants a death worthy of an Autobot. Grabs him by the head, puts the rust gun in his mouth, and shoots. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. I would have liked to I, see that in live action, if only so that I could see those fuckers die. Yeah. I, so, yeah, this, this scene here in the movie, like... I'm trying. While you're talking about this, I'm doing the mental calculus, trying to figure out. I wonder how many people actually read the book before seeing the movie, because it has to be like only a two-digit number, right? <laughs> I mean, you know how much of a Transformers yes. fan I am. Yes, Does I it, do. it like it shouldn't shock you? Yeah. So, uh, Nest HQ Sentinel um, blows up the headquarters. And he takes the pillars out of the vault, which we were told was a very secure thing. And now that you're talking about th- that it's actually a rust gun, yeah. I would have. Th- I think it would have been cool if he shot the rust oh, yeah, gun. Oh, yeah, if we had actually the, seen that. And that then w- have the giant thing fall If we down. had actually seen that, that would have been dope. Yeah. Would have loved that. Just like, it wouldn't even, like, yeah, probably the the rendering time would be a lot, but it would be a short scene of him just knocking down the vault yeah. door and grabbing the ship. Yeah, but here's the thing. If they had thought about scene composition before doing anything, Mm -hmm. fully get rid of the Middle East illegal nuclear site, and then instead of that, you have Sentinel shooting the the big vault door with the rust cannon. Yeah. You know, what what even makes even less sense is early on when CIA lady came by, she talked about them uh, going off on their own to do the big illegal... um, That was... Well, uh, Lennox said that. Okay. It's like, was your team involved? And he's like, I-, I-, I don't know. They're like teenagers. They like to sneak out of the house. Yeah, that's a bad... his team was involved. He's a bad yeah. liar. Yeah. Also, that's a that's that uh, the best kind of lie is the one that makes you look like an idiot too. Yeah, that's stupid. Um. All right, back to this. So, uh, Sam goes home, finds uh, well, uh. Optimus comes in and gets berated by CIA lady. Oh, that's right. She and, blames and him Optimus for... is silent. I bet you're wondering where was Optimus during this. Uh, uh, he was at Andrews Air Force Base in Maryland, uh, talking to the president, uh, like next to Air Force One. Huh. And I'm not kidding you. In like he's like, that's too bad. This thing is uh, inanimate. It'd make a formidable Autobot. Okay, that's. That's weird. And then he gets, uh, like, radio pinged by Ratchet telling him what's happening and just freaks the fuck out. <laughs> Literally yells at Obama, like, you need to get on this plane and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and then the, and then, I mean, it's Obama. Yeah. At this, and, like, we see Obama, quote unquote, yeah. in the movie. It, it's like, like, I mean, but I need to go back to the White House to get my family. He's like, nope. <laughs> huh. Okay. <laughs> just. I don't know why. I I've always loved that. Like in the in the book, it's funny. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It's like big betrayal sentinel scene, and then it opens with, and then the next chapter is just Optimus being like, "This is a nice Air Force plane. One is a very nice plane. I'd love if this <laughs> thing was on my side." I'm like, oh my like God. it's jarringly funny to me. Weird. Um. So Optimus gets blamed. Optimus feels bad. Uh, Sam goes home to find Carly. She's not there, and we have another scene with his parents. It's just a bunch of stupid things that happen in the conversation, but the gist is, is go after the girl. Yeah. My 
God, that scene was painful. It wasn't like even fun in a fun way. No. Ugh. God. Uh, at the Lincoln Memorial, Megatron, um, <gasps> I do like this scene. The scene with Megatron and I'm, Starscream chatting it up as he blows up the Lincoln and Memorial and sits in the chair. And Megatron explaining the plan to Starscream, who he obviously kept in the dark because, you know, treachery. Yeah. And uh, and then, like, we see... I also love the idea of Starscream being like, oh, that's how you betray people properly. <laughs> Holy shit. Like, the idea of Starscream fully taking this in and just being like, hey, can wow, I I'm you? way too blatant about this, aren't I? <laughs> Hey, can I get some notes? Yeah. Just like... Uh, I also um, wish we had gotten a scene of just Starscream and Sentinel talking and mm. Sentinel just berating Starscream for being so predictable. Yeah. the I, I love this scene between the three of them because mm. um, Sentinel is just out doing yeah, the Yeah, he's spreading his work. Pil- pillars. Um, Optimi- uh, Megatron is acting like he's in charge. He's sitting in the big chair. Yep. He has Starscream groveling well, at his feet. He shoots the Lincoln Memorial. Yeah. Blasts... Uh, uh, Lincoln into smithereens and then sits down on the corpse of Lincoln. <laughs> and like, that is my shot of the movie. That's pretty good. The, literally the most tyrannical force in the universe. Blowing up Lincoln. Blowing up Lincoln Memorial and then sitting on it like a throne. Yeah. Is fucking amazing. <laughs> Whoever had that idea, like, that was phenomenal. Yeah. Um. So, uh... Yeah, so Sentinel set up the pillars. He only has like six of them right now, mm-hmm. and the teleportation thing only goes to the surface of the moon, where there's apparently like an entire fucking Decepticon army just hanging out. Yep, hanging out on the moon. Yeah, waiting to inv- invade Earth. Yep, they didn't need a teleporter to get to the moon. Nope, they never d- did. They <sighs> they didn't need a teleporter to get to Earth. No, because c- as established, these are spacefaring race. They it, never it, needed spaceships to begin with. It's not about getting to Earth. It's about being an extremely effective, quick tactical strike. Okay. You can do that from orbit, too. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. But at the same... Like, I don't know. I don't think it was necessarily a stupid plan. Like... They they were setting up and preparing for it okay. so that they could do this all like at the snap of a finger. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They didn't want to show their hand too early. Right. Yeah, but they still it's still very clearly an invasion force dropping Oh into yeah. The, yeah. Uh so uh Optimus attacks Sentinel. Sentinel like knocks him down, mm-hmm. gets puts him down for just a second. Explains that they're going to uh, rebuild their home here, mm-hmm. um, and with the humans as servants. He also wants to. He also decides to let Optimus live for a reason. Uh, this reason is uh, you'll you'll come around once you see what the yeah. thing we're doing. Sam goes to get his girlfriend at a big party, and it turns out her boss's father used to work as a contractor with NASA and has been working as a collaborator with Decepticons. I wonder what... My initial thought when he said this was, I wonder what happened to tying up loose ends. Yeah. And killing all the humans that they were working with. Eh, Whatever. He's not useful anymore, right? So why did they let him live? 
I have opinions about this, mm. and my the best answer I have for you is that they the Decepticons wanted somebody basically like rallying the humans oh, to, to like, be like it's fine it's fine we'll work with them then they'll leave like okay so trying like to coerce them to cooperate got it like there's french fascists yeah that worked with hitler like okay. i it's not explained mm -hmm. i don't know that's always been my like megatron in the movies is not as conniving as he is conniving is not the right word but not as brilliant of a uh, strategist mm -hmm. as he is in other continuities. So my first thought is always immediately to go like, okay, what would another iteration of Megatron do? do like, why would another iteration of Megatron keep him alive? And okay. That's the best I can come up with. <laughs> it's not great, but I think it's enough for me to, okay. It's enough plausible deniability for me. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, the plausible deniability seems to be your opinion on the last two movies. Or at least at least the first one. Like the every like the No, I'm I'm not that the last two movies. No. The No, the Transformers movies. Yeah. Yeah. What I don't I don't know. How so? No, that's not the right word. Uh, I messed up with my word speaking. I do that sometimes. <laughs> Okay. Never mind. But that does definitely feel... Plausible deniability feels like the thing you're doing to yourself to overlook the shit parts of the yeah. film. Yeah, that's what I do. Okay. God. I can't do it with the first one, and I can't do it with the second one. Mm -hmm. I can do it with this one, and I can do it with parts of the fourth one. <laughs> the look on your face when you said parts, look it looked like someone had just shoved a dog turd near your face and you inhaled. Yeah. I was so, so disgusted. Well, here's the thing. I am disgusted by that movie, but I've also seen the fan edit of it that makes it good. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, so, um, he, Sam tries to leave. The boss threatens Carly with, um, Soundwave. Yeah. So her car has just been Soundwave this whole time. Yeah. Uh, it also has death tentacles. Uh, and unless, he likes those tentacles. And unless Sam spies on the Optimus Prime for him, he put um, she'll die. So he puts a Minicon watch on him uh, and tells him, just get the information and you can live and she can live. Uh, I, and I love his performance here. Yeah. It's like, it's clear that he understands the his location, the pecking order. Yeah. He knows you that if he You think they give you a choice? Yeah. Like that... If he, Patrick Dempsey is a good actor, and he was he did well in this movie. Yes. Yeah. Like he's he's very clearly like, if I don't do this, well, either I, they're gonna kill me or someone and just get someone else. Well, my favorite uh my favorite like micro or not even yeah, kind of micro acting like for him in this movie is when they're bombarding Chicago and he's like, They said I'm safe. Yeah. I'm I'm safe. They said I'm safe. I'm safe. They like yeah. he's convincing himself. I love <laughs> I love that so much. Uh, that's good. Uh, Especially because he had to have chemistry with a cardboard box. Hey, everybody, it's editing CJ here. I just wanted to jump in and say uh, this is actually where we're going to call it for this episode. Uh, the recording went way longer than uh, it should have. Uh, I only have myself to blame, but I'm also going to blame Gage a little bit. Gage, how dare you? Um, <laughs> he's not here to, to defend himself. It just doesn't feel right. Anyway, 
Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Links, will, as always, will be down in the description below for our website, Instagram, and Discord. There you can go check out all of our previous episodes. Share them with a friend would be hugely appreciated. Also, if you could uh, rate us five stars and give us a positive written review, that would be absolutely amazing. And we'd love you forever. We'll see you guys tomorrow with part two of Dark of the Moon. See you then.